0: The truth is, if we are going to lead an audacious, interesting, adventurous life, we are going to fail. It will happen. It is destined to happen, right? The more times we put ourselves out there, the more new ideas, new inventions, new relationships, they are going to lead to moments where the outcome isn't what we want. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada.
1: Today's podcast may be a little bit scary for some of you. Not really. It's just the title, Scare Your Soul. Take a look at ScareYourSoul.com. It's also a book, a book by my friend, Scott Simon. Here's where we go deep into what is success really. We talk about curiosity and his six other principles, total of seven principles in his book, where we tackle fear and courage. And we talk about real fear versus toxic fear. I want you to pay attention to The way he talks about really making an impact in your life in tackling not only fear, but looking at what else in your life from his seven principles you need to jump into. Both he and I identified with the exact same principle, which was great towards the end of this conversation. But he talks about small things, actions that you can do on your daily life that will change the way... You live life. He gives some tips. Uh, I I love the whole texting idea he brought forth. I love the whole thing he talked about and said, hey, one day I actually got a notebook from the airport and wrote down one thing I'm scared to do every day, and I'm going to tackle that for a year. That was awesome. So jump into this one with me, Scott Simon. Pick up the book, Scare Your Soul, and then let me know what you think of this. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts and Success Magazine podcast and today I've got Scott Simon. And you're going to love this conversation because I already peeked into the book and I'm like, "Whoa, this is going to be good." So Scott, welcome. Nice to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped. All right, let's let's just dive into this, man. You you really briefly told me, "Hey, this is um this was an ordeal on the audible side of things, I want to know what that means because I'm I'm just finishing up my book and I'm like, wait, what do you mean? It's it's like, is it challenging? Is it fun? What is it?
0: It it is both challenging and fun. Uh, so first off, some th- something that your listeners may not know, and that is, if you write a book, you still have to audition for the role of reading your book which what i thought, is that are you kidding crap? me come on. what is that yeah i mean yes i may have a loud and annoying voice but but come on this is my book so uh they actually um and i love my publisher hachette is amazing and hachette audio they're both incredible but they were worried at the very beginning i'd never done an audiobook before and for those who are listening it probably takes about 24 or 26 hours to read a standard size book. So you're in a studio for a very long time over a number of days. They want to make sure that you have the stamina to do it. And, and of course you're, you're, you're reading something that you wrote. So it is so personal and you're, you're trying to translate it. I mean, I know you're probably an audiobook lover. Like I am, you want to feel like you're in the same room with that person. So the energy and the commitment to the words that you wrote has to be there in every sentence. You don't want it to drift. And I had a wonderful uh, engineer who is uh, from Cuba and a wonderful director who is from the UK. And both of them you know, were on my every word and s- stopped and started. But I have to say, and this is going to sound incredibly immodest, but when we were done spending 26 hours together they both came to me separately and said that the book had changed their life Whoa. and that to me was i mean i everyone looks for endorsements and and blurbs and great comments that to me may have been the highest compliment uh that i have heard since i finished writing this book so i'm i'm yeah. super excited and and honored to have to have written it and and
1: narrated it That that's actually really cool, dude. Those are amazing reviews sitting in with you and look, just to jump right into it on that part. Yeah. Courage grows stronger the more you exercise it, right? That's from you. Yes. Explain that to me.
0: So a few years back, I got a, um, a certificate in positive psychology, which you probably know is the science of happiness. It's, it's, it's academics that study happy people and And I just threw myself into it. I fell in love with it, and I've been I've been a, kind of a practitioner ever since. I love the fact that there are tools out there to make us happier people. The world is challenging enough. Being a human is challenging enough. And so to be able to actively do something that makes your life better, makes it flourish in a way that it, it didn't before, is super important to me. So, I um, when I uh, got aligned with my mentor, a wonderful uh, teacher named Tal Ben-Shahar, who was a um, professor at Harvard for many years in in psychology, there is this concept that courage, uh, very much like, you know, body stamina is all about working the muscle. You know, we're called on in life to to be courageous when the moment meets us. Right. You think of like a Rosa Parks. You think of somebody who in the moment uh, was able to stand up and be courageous. Uh, my interest level is can we encourage people to adopt a courage practice just like you have a an exercise practice or you have a meditation practice. when you have a courage practice, you start to build the muscle. and just like anybody who has ever run a marathon or a triathlon, you know you don't run you know 10 miles on your first day out. It is day in, day out experience, practice, working the muscle, and you build stamina. And then all of a sudden, when the bell goes off, you're you're ready to run a marathon. And, and that's really my interest. It's in small acts of courage that we can adopt every single day that build that muscle.
1: All right, dude. Small acts of courage. I like that. Do you, in your research in writing this book and, and through after, because I'm sure after you're done, you're like, oh, I should have added that. Oh, maybe I should have that. Because I'm going through the same thing. and (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I'm going to ask you something here along those lines. With courage, do you think that there's a model that we can follow that gets us into courage faster? Because when you said courage and you, you brought up Rosa Parks, I'm thinking World War II when... The U.S., you know, Hawaii gets bombed, and now all of a sudden you have all of these younger, a younger generation saying, well, I'm going to go, right? And they were faced with stay or go, help the country or not. You're sometimes thrown into courage, but a lot of us don't know how to react. But we have a model that's innate. Do you think that we should follow a certain model? Is that what you talk about? So
0: I do. I, I think the main thing to understand first is how fear works in our minds and our bodies. Because when we're, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road. Because when we talk about courage, or, or when I talk about courage, I really think about it as stepping into discomfort, stepping into the unknown, stepping into that moment where we, we may have experienced something in our past, a trauma, um, a, a bad experience, and our body is telling us, stop, don't do it. And, 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 you know, to me, courage for some people, courage is getting out of bed in the morning. You know, I really, I, when I use the word courage, I mean, what what pushes us every single day to get out of our comfort zone? That to me is 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 courage in its most micro sense. And then of course, we we've seen people and we've all experienced moments in our own lives where we were called to be courageous. So to answer your question, I think knowing what fear is and how it operates in our bodies is the first step. I talk a lot in the book about, you know, it's, it's kind of my geeky chapter for those who are who are really interested in kind of the, the neurobiology of how fear works, but, but just at a very, very high level. You know, fear is one of our primal emotions. It's not something we can conquer, not something we can crush, not something we can obliterate. It is there first and foremost to protect us. It's, it is something that keeps us safe. And for anybody who has had a a toddler or or a young child, you know, touching the stove is a bad thing. Crossing a busy street is unsafe. It's important that fear is there because it keeps us safe. So knowing that first is important. But then uh, there are a lot of writers and researchers who have kind of broken out fear into two general categories. One is what is called, you know, real fear, real fear, and the other is called toxic fear real fear is indeed those things that uh that we need to pay attention to in our lives that we need to slow down stop and in many cases you know not proceed but think about how many fears we create ourselves the fears that um that we're going to fail the fear that somebody is going to uh look down at us the fear that uh that there's going to be change created by an action you know the fears in many cases that we're going to be successful. When we try something new, success brings change and and unknown aspects to our lives. So we create oftentimes these stories, these mental blocks that stop us from achieving what I think we achieve when we push through fear. And that is connection, love, adventure, transcendence, gratitude, all of the things that my wonderful teachers in positive psychology taught me are the things that make us really happy are the things that are on the other side of fear. So if we can sit with fear in that moment and not react the way that oftentimes our bodies and minds are telling us to, which is fight or flight or freeze, but to sit with it for a moment and say to ourselves, what is this? What's coming up for me? And is this something that I need to push through?
1: Dude, I love that. Because you also have a section in your book that I just got to, which was screwing up is sexy. And I, I love I love that because we often think the opposite, right? Yeah. And so my question is, you're saying the toxic fear. I love that, by the way, real fear, toxic fear. That's so cool. I, I didn't know that toxic fear, we create a lot of our own challenges with the stories we tell ourselves based on how we're interpreting things, right? So how is it that we can turn around and consistently look at screwing up as being sexy? How do we create that habit?
0: So the truth is, if we are going to lead an audacious, interesting, adventurous life, we are going to fail. It will happen. It is destined to happen, right? The more times we put ourselves out there, the more new ideas, new inventions, new relationships, they are going to lead to moments where the outcome isn't what we want, right? So I really focus in the book in encouraging the reader to not focus on outcome, but actually just focus on the act. So the success isn't what you think will happen at the end. It may or it may not, right? But if our pride point is around actually taking action, then the outcome becomes, it's gravy. It it, it may not be the outcome we were expecting, but the key is, is, is moving into action. I oftentimes say action is the antidote. Action is the antidote to apathy, to anxiety, to, to so many of the things that, that keep us in a downward spiral. And, you know, I'd like to say, and this is, I don't know if this has been your experience in life, but it's certainly been mine we're so focused on outcome in our lives, right? If I do A and B, C will happen in our careers, in our relationships, with our children. Looking back at my life, I find now that the hardest moments, the toughest moments, the moments that were not the outcome I was looking for, those were the best teachers. Those were the gifts. They were literally gifts. So when we focus on outcome, we we miss the opportunity to try things, connect with people, forgive people, be grateful in ways that require courage. And we miss out on those gifts because we're so focused on the outcome being what we want it to be. And in many cases, those outcomes are the greatest things that could have ever happened to us.
1: Dude, that's that's so right on. It reminded me of a quote. I had to look it up because I'm like, wait a second. This is so good. Scott, it's good, by the way. Thank you. Who was it? It was, do you remember the guy who created Dilbert, the little cartoon, Dilbert? Sure. Uh, sure. Scott Adams. Scott Adams. I did. Yeah. He said, um, failure always brings something valuable with it. I don't let it leave until I extract the value. I have a long history of profiting from it. And I'm like, that just reminded me of what you said so i had to look it up i was like it's brilliant
0: it, it's really really true and it takes a mindset shift because you know look at society and how it values extrinsic rewards right it values money and status and and um likes and clicks and and you know and in our own minds you know we oftentimes equate happiness to those same things i really believe that A happy life is a life full of adventure, full of forgiveness, full of gratitude, full of pushing ourselves each and every day. And when we do those things, we become better humans, more generous humans. We become better role models to our kids. We become more caring individuals to our our parents and the older generation. And we don't leave anything on the table. You know, life is so short. I was just looking at a photo album the other day of my kids when they were, you know, uh, three and four years old, around the time that I got divorced and entered a new phase of my life. And now they're 22 and 20. And I I literally, it feels like it was a time warp. Life happens so fast. I want to wring everything out of that life that I possibly can. And in creating Scare Your Soul, that's really a... Kind of a vessel. It's a it's a community of people who are not skydivers or you know surfing major waves. You know, in the bonsai pipeline, they, these are human beings around the world who just want to push a little bit. They want to lead a life where they're not you know stuck somewhere because of their fears. And so, Scare Your Soul, which started off, it's it's a it's a story I'm happy to tell, but it actually started off with me. Um, singing in front of a busy restaurant. That was the the birth of Scare Your Soul. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I want to know that story. Tell me. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, I, and, and you know, I I encourage your listeners when they hear the story to to really, not, they can certainly think about me and, and what I did, but I, I, I think it's really important for people to think about the things in their lives when they hear this story, that this may be a mirror to the kind of things that are holding them back. So when I was in fourth grade, um, I was the shortest, shyest kid in my entire school um always picked last for anything athletic and uh but the one thing I really loved to do with my family was sing my I come from a family of musicians, people who love music, and I just love to sing with my parents and my grandparents and my brother and sister and in fourth grade, we had a choir concert, and the um the main extravaganza of the choir concert was singing a song, 76 trombones from the music man. And our substitute choir teacher gave me one line, one solo line to sing. And every time in practice, one day when it came around to me, I got choked up and I couldn't sing it. I couldn't get it out. I was so nervous. And each time I did it, he would start the entire grade all over again And about the third time he got angry, he, I remember him, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and he, these big palm trees kind of came at me as he, as he walked towards me. And he basically said to me, stop singing. You, you're, you're just mouth the words for the rest of the year. And, you know, I look back on it now and, and it seems kind of humorous, but in that moment, it was devastating. It was. It stopped me in my tracks. I turned bright red. Um, and for 35 years, I didn't sing in public. 35 years. Even at concerts with friends when everybody's singing and, and I would be mouthing the words because that that trauma had been placed inside of me by an authority figure. And and I I felt like I couldn't get out of that box. I hated, you know, I went from loving singing to hating it. So I had done you know, some some really interesting work in positive psychology, and I had encouraged people to do all kinds of things that push their comfort zones. And I decided one day that I was going to get this demon off my back. So my way of doing that was to grab a guitar and to visit a very busy restaurant on a Sunday morning where the brunch crowd spills out the front door as people are waiting to get in. And I brought the guitar into this plaza in front of, I will never forget this moment, a restaurant called the Inn on Coventry. And I started to sing. And it was probably one of the most terrifying things that I could have ever done. And I assure you, I was awful. Like it was (laughs) terrible. (laughs) The only thing that saved me was my sister came with me and she has a great voice and she came out and sang with me. But But the point was when I finished and I put my guitar in the case, I almost levitated back to my car. I felt powerful, free, joyous. It was this indescribable mix of emotions. And the all I wanted to do was to do it all over again, just to, to do it as quickly as possible. So for 35 years, I stopped singing. I was afraid of it. And then in one 10 minute concert in front of this restaurant, it it solved it all. It it changed everything. And I went home and I wrote a Facebook post about it because I wanted to encourage some friends to, to do what they, you know, could do the following weekend. And the post went viral and I, it was shared hundreds of times. And I had people the next week from around the world, um, DMing me and telling me what they were going to do. And, literally from, from countries around the world. And that really was the beginning of scare your soul was this, was this very human, very democratic way of saying, let's not get stuck uh, by fear. And, and from that point on, we've had people all around the world, every single week, challenging themselves and challenging each other to, to be their best selves and to push through fear.
1: Got it. So that's what, well, first of all, I'm looking at your site, scare your soul. And then on the side, on the top, it says, join the movement. I yeah. love that. I yeah. love. And, and I just followed you on Instagram. I got the, the underscore Scott Simon, right? Got you there. And for those of you listening in, the book is on Amazon, but I would suggest you go to the site, scareyoursoul.com, because he's also giving away, what was it? The first chapter of the book on Audible? Is that what it was?
0: It, it is. So we have audio samples on the site, and we also have free uh, challenges in all of the seven. The, the book has seven areas of activity where people be, can be courageous in their lives. And there are free challenges on the site. You can download them, do them with your friends. You can lead Scare Your Soul challenges yourself. Um, we've never charged for Scare Your Soul from the very beginning. it It is a grassroots uh, a movement of people. Who who are sick of of being afraid, and you know I think you, it's so right of you to bring up the movement because when we do this with other people, there is something very very special that happens. I'll I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, when I first started Scare Your Soul, I uh, I have a friend named Sarah Marie. She actually wrote her story for for the book. It's an incredible story. Um, and I asked her, I said, I want you to do something this weekend that really pushes your comfort zone, that really scares you. And, I, I, you know, I'm there for you. I feel like I've done this with hundreds and hundreds of people now and that I'm I'm just their, their accountability partner. And uh, after some hemming and hawing and saying that she wasn't afraid of anything, she came back to me and she said, my scare your soul challenge is to walk through a mall holding hands with a guy. And I thought, huh, like. Holding hands and walking through a mall, to me, seems like the least amount of courage required. Like I literally, that would be the easiest thing for me to do. So I asked her to tell me why. And she said that she had come from an abusive home. She grew up in an abusive home. And she did not like touching people. She did not like hugging people. And even though she's a dancer and she's tough and she is, she's just physically, she's just as tough as could be this challenge of, of holding hands with somebody for five minutes and walking through a mall scared the hell out of her. And that's when I knew that we had stumbled onto something important because it wasn't that Sarah Marie's challenge was my challenge, right? Like for me, it was singing in front of a restaurant. For her, it was holding hands with somebody and, and walking into a mall. For somebody else, it's having a tough conversation with a loved one or sharing an idea at work that they, that they have, that they, that they're worried how people are going to react to it. I mean, um, you know, we have, we have, at this point, we have hundreds of challenges that we've put out, but the key thing is, is, is that your challenge doesn't have to be mine and mine doesn't have to be yours, that we actually inspire each other when we act courageously. And that's why the movement is so important. So we put out a challenge every Wednesday in our free newsletter and people around the world do the same challenge. They can also do their own challenges and we can help them with that. But the fact that people are doing it and then feedbacking in, they share it on social media, they support each other. um, I tell their stories. It's that just amps up this whole experience. So you really feel like you're doing this with other people, which is so important.
1: You know, man, I, I, I love this. And you said something in the challenges too, that I don't want people to kind of um, go straight through, because I think it's important. You said that the seven principles that you have, they, they have challenges, right? That each one have challenges, I'm assuming, right? That's what you meant. And I want, I want to quickly go through them because I want to dive into some of these. And then I want to go back to your story if we have time, because I love that's just crazy. I think that, dude. I think that's nuts in a great way. By the way in, a way, in a great way. After that, I'm assuming things were easier for you. You're like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that.
0: So let me just stop you on that point because I think it's important. The answer is yes and no. The the my confidence level in myself grew for sure because once you start doing things you didn't think you could do, that you know then you're building the muscle but i want to dispel this notion and 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 i think it's just again it's, i feel like it's out there in in the in the zeitgeist right now that you you know that you should again crush fear or somehow eradicate it from your life that i really believe that the more you put yourself out there the more you're going to feel fear and you know that's a marker, just like just like failure is a marker of of doing what you need to do. So is feeling fear. I just want to make sure that people are pushing through those fears that are toxic and that are holding them back. So we need to almost, I say in the book, it's it's almost really like dancing with fear. It's not avoiding it. It's not getting rid of it. It is. It's allowing it in, but not allowing it to stop you. So to me, that's that's kind of the critical part is is to make sure that you know that we're okay with feeling fear. It's going to stick with us. It's going to always be part of us. And certainly if we're leading a courageous, audacious life, then we're going to feel fear. You know, just, just, you know, Google imposter syndrome, and you'll see all of the people that, you know, the Tom Hankses of the world who, you know, who get desperately nervous each time they get behind, you know, in front of a camera or, or they're about to walk out onto stage. I mean, Jennifer Lopez has, has, Said many, many times about how she has to kind of like gear herself up to be able to get up in front. Now, when you see her, she looks amazing. She looks confident. She looks incredible. But each time she has to get herself to that place mentally. And I think that's exactly right. And it, you don't have to lead Jennifer Lopez's life. You just have to lead your life. This is your journey. This is your path.
1: That's true, man. What a great point you brought up, by the way. Like, as we grow through everything that we do, we're going to keep on encountering fear. So, let it stop being a surprise to you and figure out how to take it on, right?
0: One one of the greatest gifts I ever got, I was starting my my first job uh back here in the states. I lived overseas uh right after college. Um I had kind of an epiphany on an airplane. I I was um as i told you very very shy growing up and 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 really in many ways and i talk about this in the book wanted to be invisible i was bullied um growing up very badly and and everything about about who i was then was about staying behind the scenes staying quiet staying unseen and uh, after college i accepted a job overseas and i got on the airplane and had a panic attack i i could not imagine how i was going to live overseas for a year I was already thinking about how I was gonna quit and come back. (laughs) That was already my plans of how I was gonna quit. I was going to teach um, English to Holocaust survivors in Israel. And on the plane, I had this epiphany that what I really needed to do for the following year was to do one thing every day that scared me. Um, It's a phrase that many people will recognize. It's often attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt. Many, many other people have said things like do one thing every day that scares you. Um, the, the concept is, is, is centuries old, but I literally pulled out a notebook and wrote it down in the notebook in front of me on this plane, as I was having this panic attack and I'm sweating and my stomach is in knots. And that year I, um, I did one thing every day that, that scared me. And it what? was the best year of my life, best year of my life.
1: And did you, did you document that on a journal? Like
0: today I, I'm going I to did. Know. I did. I, I actually used that same. I remember the Mead spiral notebooks that we all used to have. I (laughs) I had, I had a, I had a Mead spiral notebook that I had bought at, uh, at JFK as I was waiting for the flight to take off. And in that every single day, I wrote one thing that I had done that scared me.
1: That is nuts. Is that your next book?
0: Well, that in a lot of ways is um, I do mention it in this book, and I really counsel people to, you know, it's as simple as putting a post-it note on your mirror in the morning. Um, I, I always say, you know, it's you know, it's time to scare your soul today, but someone could just literally write, do one thing today that scares you. Uh, what that does is it is it plants the seed so that you're spending your day looking for those little interactions. Think about the interactions with bosses, with coworkers, with people on the street, with loved ones. Think about opportunities that come your way every single day. Just think about those little moments where you get that those little butterflies in your stomach, where you say, "You know what? I can't do that. I don't want to do it. It feels super uncomfortable." And if you can just push through that, you know, and I, I counsel people just one time a day. This doesn't mean you have to be a superhero. This isn't this isn't the you know the Avengers universe. This is this is literally one thing every day that pushes your comfort zone. And I guarantee you that over a period of time, you will start to gain confidence, you'll start to gain momentum, and you'll have new experiences you would have never had otherwise. When you start saying yes instead of, instead of saying no, you have all of these incredible experiences and that just continues to build your confidence. So to me, it all began with this panic attack on an airplane and now i get to be you know with all of these people in scare your soul which is again a free community of people who are doing all different things around the world they have they they they're all different ages we have we have we have teens that are involved in scare your soul we have people in their 80s involved in scare your soul every single person can push a comfort zone there is no barrier to it. And there's no difference between any of us. So that to me is one of the things that I love so much about the work that we're doing.
1: Out of the seven principles that you chose, uh, that's part three. I haven't gotten to that section of taking action. It's called seven principles for leading a scare your soul life. I'll go through really quick. And then I'll ask my question, gratitude, adventure, energy, curiosity, awe, forgiveness, and work. Out of the seven, was there an eighth that you're like, should I add it? Maybe not.
0: <laughs> that is such a good question. So the answer is yes, but I ended up kind of rolling it into another one. So the there is a chapter on curiosity, and I am a huge, huge um, lover of leading a curious life. Um, I uh, in in many many instances in our scare your soul um, challenges. I encourage people to connect deeply with other people in a curious way. Um, I was going to write two chapters, one on curiosity and one on connection. I ended up at the end of the day uh, rolling it into that one chapter because I think curiosity leads to connection. And I'll give you just a very simple, like literally the most basic example. If you look at all of the scarier soul challenges that we've had over over the past five years, I think the one that we keep on coming back to again and again, because it's so simple and so direct is buying a cup of coffee for a stranger. It is, you know, it's 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 become almost cliche at this point, you know, doing that, but it is so powerful. To be in that moment, you've got someone in front of you in line, you've got someone behind you in line, and you know that you have to buy a cup of coffee for a stranger because Scott Simon and Scare Your Soul have told you that they want to invite you to do that this week. That's the this week's Scare Your Soul challenge. And um, what we encourage people to do is to, you know, is to speak to one of those people and say, Hey, listen, I'm 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 doing courage work. I'm involved in an organization called Scare Your Soul. Can I buy you a, a cup of coffee this morning? And inevitably, I mean, I would say, I've done this now myself so many times, inevitably the person will say yes. Uh, Sometimes, you know, in rare cases they may not, but if they do, then I say, um, so tell me about yourself, you know, what what do you have going on today? You know, and and really spark the curiosity, really get, uh, ask a question while you're waiting for your coffee, that sparks a sense of curiosity. And I can tell you, we have some success stories in Scare Your Soul that have come from these little interactions. One is that two people turns out they went, I think they went ended up going to the same grad school at different times, and they found out in that conversation, and now they're in business together. <laughs> um, we've had people who turns out that their mothers grew up in the same small town and they did, you know, and here they are in San Francisco or wherever, and they're having this conversation. And and really, the whole point is: can you put yourself in that little moment of discomfort? You're doing something positive, right? You're doing something giving. Can you put yourself in a moment where curiosity becomes your guide? And and I think you know, amazing things happen when when we do that.
1: That's amazing, man. I think if we would just take, because I'm looking through the, eight, the the seven principles. I almost said eight. Now that you said connection. <laughs>
0: well, you're uh, you're you're seven. laying the
1: groundwork for my
0: next book. So thank you. There you go. That's that's right. <laughs> Connection.
1: Um, when you're looking through the seven, I'm thinking if this, and this is just me thinking as you were talking, I'm like, this is good. If we could just take one of those and just go deep into it daily, how amazing would your life look like at the end of a year? Right. That's, that's it.
0: That's it. And, and, and what's interesting, you know, I, I, in, in writing this book and, and, I came to this very differently than many others. So many people write proposals and they know what book they want to write. I actually was contacted by a publisher who found my website and asked me if I would like to write a book. And there was, of course, that moment of, do I walk my talk? Do I actually say yes and and engage in writing what is now a 288-page book? And so, you know, in doing that, it, it it ended up bringing up so much in me um and and I decided that I really was going to make it almost like a conversation between me and the reader this is not me telling the reader anything that they um, I, of course I give some some inspiration and data and some science and but there is so much in the book that is about writing prompts it's about reflections it's about doing challenges And every challenge that I put out in the book, and each one of these seven um, areas has challenges right there for the reader, I actually do them myself and I tell the reader what happened. So if there's a writing prompt about um, tell about one dream that you've always had for your life, I tell the reader that I've always wanted to be a rock star. I go into the story about why I've always wanted to be a rock star. And it's super embarrassing that my dream is to be on stage with Pearl Jam. And like, you know, I, but <laughs> that's I, think awesome. what's, I think what's important is that it feels like we're doing this together and I want it to feel that way. And if the reader feels like, you know what, the chapter on forgiveness is so powerful that that's their work, then that's amazing. I, I, I would love it if somebody dedicated themselves to the work of one of these seven principles, because, you know, we all have a different path, right? Like for some people, forgiveness is maybe that requires the most courage. You know, it takes more courage to forgive somebody who wronged you than it is to, um, you know, to go, to jump out of an airplane and and go skydiving. It's a different kind of courage, but it it may, in, in some ways it may be even harder So I love the idea of somebody flipping through these chapters and saying, aha, like, what does it mean to be gratefully um, in awe? You know, what does that mean? What does it mean to be gratefully, uh, uh, courageously grateful? You know, that to me is what really is exciting about this book is, is the reader finds their way and then they decide how they want to apply it. And I do think if they chose one chapter and decided to do it for a year, it would to say life-changing would be an understatement. I think, I think it would change so much about the way that they lead their lives, how much they love their lives, and how the other people in their lives feel about them, because all of this stuff is connected. And when we get more courageous, it affects all of the people around us and and all the people around them. It's, it's almost like ripples in a pond.
1: Yeah, man. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, where where would we start and it really depends on where we're at so we could really pick and be like you know this was amazing but i really want to start with energy right principle number 3 and then go deeper in there where if you're looking at this right now and saying where where you're at in your life which one do you want to dive deeper into and then i'll answer it on my end like i'll tell you which one i think for me
0: Good. I love that. I love that. So for me, it's about adventure. So I have a whole chapter on adventure. Is that yours? Okay. Yeah. I was like, I hope you (laughs) don't so you know, and I think, you know, again, it's it's, you know, why is that resonating for me? Because I'm being given this tremendous opportunity. Writing this book was the hardest thing I've ever done and the most beautiful thing I've ever done. And it is getting me out talking to people about their lives, about my life, sharing deep and vulnerable things. And to me, that's like one big adventure. And while it feels safe to be at home on our couches with our Netflixes and, um, you know, it to be able to push ourselves out of that comfort zone, you know, to pull up our anchor and head away from the shore to me is exactly what I need right now. Um, I will say that if you go to ScareYourSoul.com, there's actually an amazing quiz on the site that you can answer a few questions. It probably takes maybe five minutes. And by the time you're done taking that quiz, I think it's on the homepage, it actually delivers what your first area should be. So you can take that quiz and we have it designed so that it actually says to you, this is the, the, the area that you should probably tackle first. There's, there's more energy around it. You have some competency in it. You have some extra interest in it. Um, so I encourage people to, you know, to try that and, uh, to really give it a go. Um, and so, you know, taking that quiz is a great way to do it. Um, you know, so that's, that's a great first, a great first start for anybody.
1: I'm uh, I'm showing it for those people that are watching on on our video section. I went to scareyoursoul.com, clicked on take the quiz, and it says "Scare Your Soul Courage Quiz." I like the name of it. I won't take it live, but I just wanted to show it. Uh, yeah, definitely go there. That's cool, man. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna you. send it yeah. to I'm gonna send it to my teams and be like, everyone, take this.
0: You know, it 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 actually in many ways, I think that that is we don't talk about these things, right? Like in many cases, we talk about, you know, work styles and and we talk about Myers-Briggs codes. Do we really talk about what excites us and what and what scares us? I mean, that's really interesting stuff. And I just love it. And and it really opens people up and it connects them. And again, there is this kind of mutual energy where The area, even though you and I ended up both selecting adventure, which, you know, that's great, you know, but, but when, when, when people are different and they have different interests and they've got different things that scare them, it, 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 it it enlivens conversation. It connects people and, and it really is, you know, a really, really powerful part of this work.
1: Do you think that the same thing that excites you also scares you in a lot of the cases?
0: I, I think the answer absolutely is yes. And I'll tell you why, because when something excites you, it's calling you, right? It's like, it's calling you to do it. And that brings up, you know, that, that same question we talked about before, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, if, if somebody invites me to go somewhere where I don't, I don't know where I'm going, I'm not familiar with it. Maybe it's a group of people that I don't know. There's a huge, there's a huge level of unknown there. And and you just, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen. So I it may be exciting at the same time, but there, there's a lot of unknown there. So I think what's exciting to us pulls us towards areas that push us. So absolutely paying attention to what excites you is so important. And then really, you know, paying attention to that fear response and saying, yeah, you know, I've always been afraid to do karaoke, or I've always been afraid to, you know, speak up in in my in my weekly work meetings. But you know what? I'm going to give it a try. And when you give it a try, when you're excited about it, when you're excited about an idea, you're excited about an opportunity, and then you actually push through it, it's it becomes almost addictive. Like you're, you're like, I can do this. And all it takes is that one time. I mean, we've all done this in our lives where something has called us. I just want it to be more proactive. I want it to be a ritual. I want it to be a practice. You know, we all brush our teeth in the morning. We all take a shower. I want it to feel like pushing yourself at least once every day into an area of discomfort becomes your ritual.
1: Ooh, I like that. Even like you said, even if it's something small, like, would you say something small, like instead of brushing your teeth with your right hand, it's your left and you're screwing up? So there is,
0: you know, there's a lot of, if, if, if people start to go down this rabbit hole, there's a lot there about brain circuitry and neuroplasticity that the more we start to do things differently, right? It may not feel courageous to do that, right? But it feels like you're doing something new. Um, So brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, we do a lot of challenges around taking cold showers where the, the last five or 10 or 15 seconds of a hot shower is, is a cold shower. Um, it's about going to work in a different way, right? Like taking a different path to work. All of those things start to change the neural pathways so that we're more flexible, that we're more open to new opportunities. We're open to things being different. So again, while these things feel small, I think that's partially what makes Scare Your Soul so, um, adopted it, it, you know, our, if you look at our ambassadors, they are all ages, genders ethnicities they they are the only thing that links them in terms of commonality is their humanity it's it's the fact that we all are exactly the same and i think that that is so important that there is no barrier to all of us no matter where you live no matter what your background is or what your bank account says or your scale says in the morning that we are all intrinsically valuable and um and then we all have the have the right and the ability to push through comfort zones and not stop because someone tells us that we need to.
1: Is there, is there a way that you get into, and I remember I haven't gotten into the the principles chapters yet, so you may answer it in the book, but is there a way that you get into a state of gratitude quickly?
0: So, uh, the answer is absolutely yes um i tell a, a story in the book that is very very powerful to me um a i got a i got an email one day from a person that i didn't know telling me that she wanted to come meet with me and she wanted to come and to my house on a saturday night at 10 p.m. and i kind of thought okay what is happening here am i getting punked like who is sending this to me um but i i am one that um that really looks for opportunities that are going to push me. And I did a little bit of due diligence and found out that she, she's, she was indeed a person and, and she, she seemed at least in her Facebook profile, really like a nice and happy person. And so I invited her over and she came over, her name is Carly. And we um, sat down and talked about life. She was going through a very, very hard time personally. And um, as we finished talking that night, we talked for four hours, our first time we'd ever met. And we achieved so many epiphanies and connections with each other. On the way out, she asked me if I would send her five gratitudes by text for one week. I said, sure, simple, simple enough. And, and so that next night she sent me five gratitudes, and I sent her five gratitudes. And then we continued on for the rest of that week. And we we said, you know what? That's that was really powerful and fun and easy. Let's let's continue doing that. And um at this stage, we have done it every night for seven years. Every <laughs> So about 13,000 gratitudes that we have shared between each other without repeating. We don't repeat gratitudes. So it is obviously it makes sense that, that gratitude has absolutely changed my life. Um, but here I think is the important point that it's not about doing it for seven years. It's doing it. That's the key. And I think so many people feel like they have to go out and buy a gratitude journal and they have to, you know, read about it and look at how many times are they doing it and what's the best time of day, night or evening, you know, night or morning. And I think that's all well and good. To me, find a partner and text each other five gratitudes a night for a week. That will set the foundation for a gratitude practice for the rest of your life. I'm telling you. Uh, We now have had groups that have done it. um, Several times I've gotten groups of 12 or 14 Scare Your Soul ambassadors together on a WhatsApp chat and we do it every single night. And it is so powerful. It's so connecting. It's free. It's simple. But it requires courage because you have to be vulnerable and you have to be real. You cannot continue to share uh, uh, gratitudes with somebody and hide. This is full-scale you know, full immersion gratitude. Um, but I think it is life changing. So, you know, I look at my practices, it's doing one thing every day that scares me. And then I, I have this wonderful gratitude practice that I've been doing for all of these years, five gratitudes a night by text.
1: That's nuts. Do you have a Facebook group by any chance? Because I could see this blowing up in that way.
0: Yeah, so you know it's funny. We 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 have a Scarier Soul Ambassador Facebook group, but we're going to be kicking off a larger Scarier Soul Facebook group um because just for that reason. I think, you know, it is it is really it's so powerful to see what people are grateful for or you know, conversely, you know, how people are pushing through fears. It inspires you. It wants you, you know, it forces you to, to, to really think about what are you grateful for? What are those, what are those areas you need to push? And, you know, that again is what I love. It's this sense of a movement. It's a sense of doing things with other people that are, that are different from you all around the world. And that to me is, you know, this kind of secret sauce of doing it all together.
1: Dude. Yeah. uh, You know what? you need to do that. So jump on the Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I, I would jump Got in. I'd it. be like, this is kind of cool, man. I, I, and plus you you were just talking about how the community just like, like, they thrive on this stuff. It's so true. The accountability to each other.
0: It, it, it's, it, it's so special. Um, uh, Adam Grant and others talk about, you know, the power of having an accountability partner. Let, let's say you're starting like a running, you know, a running practice. You want to start running every single morning, you know, yeah. At 6 a.m., your bed feels really nice and warm, and it's really hard to get out of it. But if you have an accountability partner waiting in the park for you to join him or her on your 6 a.m. run, the chances that you're going to get out there are so much greater. It's like tenfold. It's exactly the same way. It, it's no different when we're being courageously grateful or when we're, when we have a courage practice and we're doing one thing every day that scares us, doing it with somebody else. Uh, is, is a critical, critical piece uh, for those people who don't have those people. You know, um uh, th- I think scare your soul is a wonderful community of people that support each other as we're doing all these um uh, courageous actions in our lives.
1: Courageously grateful, dude. Yes. That's insane. That's, a, that's just a really beautiful statement, right? The courageously grateful. I love yeah, that. I,
0: it, it, it's, you know, I feel so incredibly lucky to be able to, um, work with people to share myself and my own vulnerabilities and flaws and and uh, what I'm going through and what I'm struggling with. And when you do that and you do it courageously, it just creates connection and, and goodness. And to me, that's living a great life. You know, I don't want to live a life safe on the couch. I want to be out there adventuring, communicating, giving, serving, helping, Um, ex- you know, and and living the life that 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 is destined for me to live, and for me, that's all about pushing comfort zones. That's when I access all that goodness.
1: That's wonderfully said, man. Uh, we need to have you back. This is awesome. I feel <laughs> like I feel like we didn't even get into it.
0: Well, I, I, I first of all, I would love to come back. I think part of the reason is this is so intrinsic to life right now everything there is so much fear out there there's so much um, angst and and polarization and we all want to connect and we all want to live the most courageous lives possible and it can be done and it can be done in simple micro small steps and done within a community and when we do that it's just it's so powerful you want to you just want to continue talking about it all day
1: i oh, love them well look thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. I'm sure our audience does as well. Everyone jump and get the book. It's here. It's scare your soul, scare And I'm already about a third of the way. I'm like page 80 ish. Right. So I'll let you know what I think after I'm already loving it. So thank wow. you. And thank like you. I said, dude, let's, let's see if we can throw you in on an IG live or or maybe jump into our Discord community because I think people need to hear what, what you're saying because it's it's needed.
0: Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this so
1: much. So thank you for that, man. Thanks for being on. Thank you.
0: Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just
1: like it.